3: That's
1: fucking minging, that. I tell you what, David, it's fucking men against fucking boys all over the fucking park. They're fucking weak as piss, they are. Fucking weak as piss. Uh, hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the rock Report podcast it's in association with Sunday Southern Soup Kitchen. My name's Anthony Waters, and I have the wonderful job of discussing something losing to one to the Donkdaster Rovers at home into it to 38,000 people. Um, I can't do it on my own. Um, I've dragged in Malcolm Dugdale. How would we doing, out. Well.
2: Afternoon Ant, it's an absolute pleasure to have your company and I'll stop there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: there's a positive, there's a positives. And, and Paddy as well, Paddy, how are we doing? Yeah, I mean, if, if you
3: take the football side of things out on me Saturday, it's been alright, but obviously that's why we're here, isn't it?
1: <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. Um, yeah, so we've lost again, that's two defeats in a row. We'll start off with the starting lineup because they've made one change from losing 6-0 we've got Roberts on the bench Clark on the bench, Diakno on the bench um, the new, new set Phil and McKetty on the bench Dufour on the bench and they're still proceeding to play the likes of Lyndon Gooch, you know a very tired Dan Neal to be honest a half injured Alex Pritchard I mean that side from the start there wasn't good enough was it?
2: Yeah I would agree I mean the first 15 minutes in my opinion were quite bright and I was starting to think, well, you know, maybe they've given them one more chance to prove that the Bolton result was a flash in the pan and just one of them freaks. Um, but after the first 15 minutes, uh, where we didn't really capitalise on the possession or on the pressure or anything like that, we just sat back, you know, we weren't closing down. So I kind of have a feeling that, well, I have a hope that that was, that was this squad given its last chance saloon after Bolton, because we've had five or six new lads come in over the window, and people have been given a chance to try and prove they deserve their spot, and let's be honest, most of them didn't, especially nope. in that first half, it was terrible.
1: Yeah, I agree, a lot were on the last chance saloon, and a lot of them are wooden people that have uh, never seen them put in a sun shirt again, to be honest. Um, Paddy, do you think it was a bit safe from, you know, Dodds and Proctor and... You know, the coaching lineup, you know, this is a bit of a safe kind of starting lineup where you've got talent on the bench, um, you know, bright talent that they brought in in the transfer window on the bench, and then we've got that. I mean, it's just so safe for me. It was like as if they'd disrespected Doncaster Robbers Rovers, to be honest. The, the problem I had with our team is, I, I
3: agree with what you're saying, how it was very safe, kind of like it's a lineup where they probably didn't like, even anticipate going a goal down. Mm. So I think. When they, when we went to go down, the players on the pitch, we weren't ready f- to fall behind in a game. It does it does show like a lot of sort of naivety against a team Like, yeah we you know we know the bottom of the league we know we know they, they get thumped on me. We, we played these lads what less than six weeks ago, and their place. I mean, I thought like we we beat them three 0 and we didn't get out the second game. We were so comfortable against them, but they've come here and uh, honestly they haven't had to work for it they've gone away with the three points where to be honest I don't think they've had to break sweat you know, they haven't had to like put in any last ditch tackles or or really like fight to win the ball back in the middle of the park but we've made it so easy for them and we've made a team who before today you know you're taking two this result. but on the road they've been they've been abysmal and we still got this idea of like you know yeah we've had a couple hiccups but we've still been like a pretty tough like tough team to beat at home but after today it's just I mean for me all that's all those like stats and you no know, runs and all this, it's gone out the window because honestly, you know, fair play to Doncaster, that will possibly be one of the easiest three points they pick up this season because we just we barely laid a finger on them. It, it, it took until last 20 minutes, half an hour to actually switch on. It's like, lads, you're playing in front of 38,000 people. I mean it was absolutely bouncing. The city and everything about today was bouncing. We've kicked off and we just we've just reverted to type and we've reverted to. You know, we just, we look shell-shocked on the ball.
1: Oh, yeah, you've you've, you've hit the nail on the head. Mark, this is a team who got beat 5-0 against Rotherham, who are one of our supposed automatic promotion candidates, and we've just let them, I get what you said, the first 15 minutes, we did look bright, we did look, you know, a little bit sparty, but once we didn't get that early goal, we have gone into ourselves a little bit, and uh, all of a sudden, I mean, Doncaster could have been three or four nil up by half-time, they hit the post, Hoffman's had to make a double save, I mean, what's gone on after that first 15 minutes of just... The team have just gone into the shells a bit. I mean, we've sacked a manager on, on Sunday and it's exactly the same again, so what what needs to happen?
2: You know, the first thing we need to say is it clearly wasn't Lee Johnson that was at fault in Bolton. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's more than that that's a problem in the team for me. The club ownership and the you know the director of football and stuff like that said that it wasn't just that result, that meant that he was uh, he lost his job, but I mean, today we after that first 15 minutes for me we sat back. The other thing that I kind of observed, especially in the second half of the first half, if you know what I mean, we had loads of width because they overcrowded the midfield. You know, they really they were right on top of Pritchard, they were right on top Mm -hmm. of Dan Mm Neal, but we didn't have the quality out wide to use the width to make a difference. Now, why we continued with. Cirkin trying and not doing very well on the left hand side and Gooch trying and I mean to be fair I don't think Gooch had as bad a game as Cirkin, but he, he wasn't brilliant when we've got dejarque on the bench when we've got you know Roberts when we've got Clark you know we didn't bring Clark until what 65, 70 yeah, minutes like that, uh, yeah, yeah. you know uh, when it's not working just change it stop being so bloody petty and you know loyalty needs to be abandoned when performance and results aren't good enough um, and the loyalty to some of them players that lost those recent games I think was way overpaid you know um, and we could have made a difference um, but you know this is a we've got to remember this is a caretaker management team they're probably trying to be safe to use your words mm-hmm. and you know um, so we need to get the new man in um, as soon as possible and, and use this as a rocket up our arses to get sorted yeah, you
1: know? yeah I mean I don't want to keep on talking about how safe it was but you look at the kind of honestly like, you know we lost last week Paddy you know yeah. we got hammered 6-0 but just the kind of like resurgence of hope I thought right? once the four came in on Monday you know all the stuff you know all the stuff with Weefley and everything like that that went on mm-hmm. and just it's, it's felt like even on like on social media on Twitter which can be a bad place if you're a Sunderland fan but it's just felt so like united again and then the go and put a performance out like that and I'm not blaming just the players. I'm blaming the management, team, or whatever it was today. For it was just gutless and stubbornness. That's what I thought. You know? Yeah. I mean, I don't think I can really
3: sort of sum it up any better than, than that. Really. And I mean, you know, it's obviously we don't we know how how much like the players are aware of like what goes on like in the fan base or on social media. You know, so we're never really aware of how much they they pick up on that. But I mean, surely like them, even just training. You know, and, like just. Coming out and um you know walking out the tunnel and you know hearing like so many fans, you know. What I mean we're, since being in this league, and obviously know, so you include the championship as well, it's been a very long time since the since the lights has been that full. Yeah. And yeah, as you said, it just it just felt like such a special occasion and it's just come to it and I don't even think it's a case of I wouldn't even say we 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 in the spotlights. I, I think it's just I don't know. I've I've said this many times this season where we just it feels like we just we don't know how to just take that extra step and just like get get the atmosphere and like use it in our favour. I just think there's so so many times where like away teams come and you know when as soon as they can tell you know so the fans you know they're getting frustrated because the team aren't, aren't playing as well as what we want them to. You know and fans have a right to, to express that, but I just think that away teams just pick up on that so much. And you know think Doncaster sort of did that today where it's, yeah. like, I mean when. You know, like right we saw the atmosphere when their second goal went in. It was it was shocking, but that's how it should be because it was it was horrible. It was a, it was a disgusting first half performance. But Doncaster must have been thinking, like, we've got these beaten half time. Mm-hmm. Are, are these really going to come out and like step up performance when they've got this many fans who are disgruntled? At the performance like, they're going to have to put in like a you know, like a Premier League like standard performance to win these fans back around. And I'm sorry, but this this team and the setup what we had today we was never going to do that.
1: No, no it wasn't I mean a, a, a One bright spark I think Not many Mal uh, was, was young Jack Park when he came on Thought he looked very direct Very piercing. Looks a player um, For me he's starting on Tuesday I know we haven't seen much Of Patrick Roberts yet But for me He's got to start on Tuesday I'd be tempted to throw The four in on Tuesday I mean We could probably make 11 changes Couldn't we after that today
2: I think we can um, Whether they will I don't know I think that depends on whether the manager lands over the w- rest of the weekend and before that. The thing that wound me up more than anything else was just the continuous sideways passing. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was it was like watching the rugby that was on earlier on. You know, you're not allowed to pass it forward or you lose the ball. And to be to give a little bit of credit to Doncaster, like I say, I, I think they crowded that midfield quite well. They stopped us penetrating. They knew that Pritchard and Dan Neal were a couple of our key playmakers and they double marked Ross Stewart probably 75% of the match for me mm-hmm. and you know we wanted we wanted to fall back you can't expect miracles when he's played what how many minutes over the last nine, season nine, nine minutes, minutes, minutes yeah. right? Yeah. he's yeah. not going to come on and be some kind of show pony no um, but you know I we, think we can make a lot of changes definitely on Tuesday
1: I think you bring up a really really good point about they, they kind of shut us out in the middle of the park we couldn't put in the middle of the park but then Paddy we had no left winger like, Gooch was playing out on the, wi- on the wide right in the first half. We so saw Dennis Circle try to bomb forward, but he had no help. Elliot Emelton was getting dragged into the middle. Pritchard was dragged into the middle. And there was no width. I Mountain mean, brings up a great point there. They were completely, like, suffocating us in the middle. But we had nothing out wide. So why, at half-time, a change hasn't been made is beyond me. No, that's the thing. I mean, like, you know, before the game,
3: like, you know, I was having the, I was over in the fans' museum, and when the team came out... Everybody's saying, "Oh, it's a strong bench." I have to yeah, it's a strong bench. But you look at the players. You know, I only saw by play before started. Yeah, yeah, But then, like, you look at who we've also got on that. You know, we've got like Clark, Jakku, Roberts. Look at that, and it's just like we've got to get them starting. And I think that was sort of like, made evident when, as you said, like we just we started playing, and I don't know, just. I didn't. I did not know what the plan was today. From front to back, we just. Nobody seems to have a clue. You know, we've got our captain there, I you know, Corey Evans. You know, he, I don't think he's a bad footballer, but when I see him play, I, I don't see him playing that captain role, which I think we sort of brought him in for. You know, we maybe didn't plan on like you know bringing him in and like giving him the armband week in week out. But I just think with, with a player his experience, you know, and like sitting in the midfield, and you know, maybe like allowing our more creative players to push forward. I just think we, we needed to see more from him but you know you're saying about we didn't have like a, a winger out on the left it didn't get to the point where like Doyle's making his runs forward and like he's yeah. playing a loose pass and then all of a sudden like they're counter-attacking and you know we've only got like it's like basically, like two on two and Gooch
2: is one of them. Yeah <laughs> hey, yeah that's that's yeah. the yeah.
3: that's the thing, you no, know, it's just like it's just it's it's hard to really single out a single player because I just don't think anybody really knew what the plan the was. System was bothered, it, it? it was yeah. it, it was it it was all over the place. Like Nobody Nobody knew exactly what they were doing and I think Doncast, you know, they, they might be out of form, you know, they might be on the way out down the league too, but they, they came and fair play to them like they mate that's it. You know, they would think no, we'll have to go chore to chore with them, but
1: they haven't. No, I mean I, I want to talk about the new manager next, but my final thing my final thought on today's performance is you know you can sack managers left, right and centre, but as a player You've got to watch that back, and you have got to take a lot of responsibility for that. You mentioned there, Don who were running for every ball, they were challenging for every second ball, they were winning everything like that, they were going through, they were playing for each other. That there was 11 individuals from Sunderland, and you know, you need to sort this out. And for any of the management team that looked at that at half time and thought that was good enough, then you need to leave this club and you need to go and get a job in something that isn't football related, because that was absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, we'll move on. The, the main rumour is now that Roy Keane is the overwhelming favourite to take over. Um, obviously, what was said last night on the television, he kind of didn't particularly deny it. But if he does come, seeing that performance, that's what it needs. It needs a Roy Keane in just to set a rocket up their asses, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, I mean, whether it's Roy Keane or someone else, there's no doubt that um, the performance today showed that the manager needs to make fundamental adjustments to what we're doing how we're playing the attitude of the team um, and yeah it's, it's got to be something from the roots up you know I listened to the Speakman um, Unfiltered podcast on the way up from the Midlands today because I've, I've spent three and a half hours coming here I'm going to spend another three and a half hours going back for that joy uh, and he was talking about you know the, um, the culture of the club the playing style of the club everything being clear that wasn't clear to no, me, not, absolutely no. not clear at all. So there's something fundamentally disjointed about if we have got a style and a strategy and an ethos and all of them, uh, that needs to be reset and made really, really clear. I don't know if I think Roy Keane is exactly the right man for the job, but whoever comes in needs to really lift the drains up and go from you know, the bottom to the top and, and start again. Yeah. fortunately we've still got 16, 17 games left so we've got room for that but we need to get the proper coach in ASAP Does that need straightening mm-hmm. up in a, in a hurry
1: yeah I mean I mean, Paddy at least, at least we are in a position where we're not totally out of it. I mean just on that performance in last week's automatic promotion looks a bloody long way off but you know first of all your opinions on, on, on if it is Roy Keane and second of all you know what needs to change in that in that performance today and last week to get us playing again, you know, we, we, this is four weeks ago. We're beating Sheffield Wednesday five 0 Today we're losing two one to the bottom of the table. What what needs changing? No.
3: I mean I think I'm firstly on like on Roy Keane, I mean we've heard his name mentioned before, but obviously you get it at this this time round. it's like everything just felt a bit more like a bit more solid. And my first thought was like to be honest. with the way we're going, and like I'm looking at the other names who have been linked. I'm sort of like, I'm wanting Keane more so because the rest of the names linked are linked. like not I'm not getting like anywhere near as excited with him as I am like over Roy Keane. But I do think after that performance, like, you know, we've touched on it before, like we need somebody to come in and like I think Keane knows what he wants in players to, you know to be successful. He knows exactly what he wants his players to do. And I think if he's like watch that you know if he's seen the back in any way, he's gonna think, well, if I come into this club, there's a lot of players there who don't know what it means to play for this club. Yeah. And King you know, King got that, you know, it, it, i know it's been a while since he's in management, but it's something what he's always pictured on interviews since where he's, you can tell that he's never quite lost how much he realizes that this club means to like the people and the city, you know, and just the surrounding area. We've got a game in you know in three days' time at Cheltenham. And it's just like I just I, I really hope and pray to God that this management team isn't in control yeah. for, for that game on Tuesday because honestly I, I, I fear it, it, I mean it's a like, it's am I'm, I'm I'm fearful of like us going to Cheltenham and it's just like it, I can't believe I'm even saying it but like if we set up like that then you know a team like Cheltenham who like you know they're having a similar sort of season you know, they've got a few more points on the board than Doncaster but if we set up like that. and... If we have this team in charge, if we go there and go one 0 down, it's it, I, I, I feel that it's going to follow. It's going to yeah, it's going to follow a very similar pattern to what it did today.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah. and that's that's what I'm fearful of. Which is like I, I, at this point, I hope for this but I also hope that it's all done and dusted by. It's going to be hard to get everything done and dusted by Tuesday, but I just I don't relish the idea of like having this
1: management group or whatever it was in charge of Cheltenham. No. No. I, th- I think what really like pisses it off most was today was a free hit for, for this management team they know someone's going to come in you know this was a free hit for them go out and play go out and, and pick your strongest size, or you know you, you put your team with a bit of flair we had no flair on that pitch today you know we had absolutely none and, and whoever comes in I just want whoever comes in they'll actually like say and actually kind of tell the players that this isn't good enough that we're not we're in league one we're Sunderland Football Club we're in league one you know, getting beat 6-0 up both and losing to the team, third bottom, whatever they are, and putting in the performance like that today, which was just gutless, is not good enough. And that's all I want. I don't care if it's Roy Keane, if it's whoever, but but for me, it needs to be someone who is gonna give them a rocket and we've got all this stuff like, oh well football's different now, you know, players don't react this, that and the other. Well boo-hoo. Yeah. You know what I mean? Boo-hoo, you know, they're too protected anyway, so you know it needs someone who's gonna give them a damn good telling off. You know, and that's what they need that's what they yeah. needed. it's obviously as you've said proven that last week wasn't just down to Lee Johnson you know some of these players haven't got the spine and haven't got the guts to play for this football club they might be good league one players but they're not Sunderland players and, and that yeah well we've got these till the end of the season now so we've got to make do one more thing Mel. Yeah. Can
2: I, can I just say um, I think it was awesome that the fans came out in such numbers as they did to support yeah, Bradley's foundation, definitely. and uh, you know, yeah. to all the fans that turned out with all slot today, that was awesome. Even though the football was shite, so keep the faith. You know, yeah. I, think, I think we've got to stick behind this punch, and hopefully things will turn around. But thirty-eight and a half thousand pounds for Bradley's foundation mm-hmm. is a, an awesome amount of money. It's a well-done.
3: I think like it's one of those where the uh, the real winners today was the, the city of Sunderland. And exactly. Sunderland fans. Yeah. like on the pitch, it didn't go to plan, but off the pitch, you know, we've shown that.
1: We can be class, and we all come together behind one like one aim and one objective. We can be outstanding. Yeah, as I've always said, it might be a League One club, it might be a League One team, it might be a League One players. But these fans are maybe League quality, absolutely amazing. And to be honest, the first ten minutes when. You know, the whole, I mean, that roar at the start was just amazing. It was like being back in the Premier. I loved it. I loved yeah. it. I hated the football, but I, lo- I love this football club. And I love the fans. You know, I cheers very much. Um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll not subject us to any more of that, guys. Uh, mountain safe journey home, mate. Thanks,
2: mate. Nice <laughs> to see you again, <laughs> Nice to, to see you as
1: I... Paddy, once again, such a pleasure, mate. Yep, until next time. Until next time, <laughs> uh, yeah, we might win we might win a game when you come on this <laughs> <laughs> no. um, but yeah. I'm fairly confident we'll be back tomorrow. Um, I'm sure there'll be a more detailed roundup and certainly not more of a ramble of what I've just done there, but uh, and obviously good luck tomorrow at the Southern ladies uh, who are playing Sheffield United. I'll be there. Um Neve signed send you contract congratulations to Neve. I know you listen to this and I know you're a fan, so um we will be back on Tuesday night. Ah, oh, it's never dull. It's never dull. Thanks very much, everybody. You have a great weekend. Take care. Goodbye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable.